Impact, Income, and Influence. Welcome back to Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions on the internet. My name is Steve Warner. I am your host. And today we are going to be talking about introverts. If you are an introvert, if you get socially awkward around a lot of people, if you don't like going to parties or you go to parties because you feel like you need to, and then you hide in the corner and you never know what to say, today's show is for you. This is going to help your impact. This is going to help your income and it is going to help your influence. We are touching all three of the bases today. Please help me welcome Monica Parkin. Monica, how are you doing? I'm great. Thanks for that great intro, Steve. Happy to be here. No problem. And you come to us from one of the most beautiful places in the world, Vancouver Island. We were talking about this. You can ski, you can surf, you can go to the beach, but you chose to be here with us today. So thank you. Yeah, for sure. I am super lucky uh, to live where I am, but uh, equally lucky to be hanging out with your listeners and you today. So thanks for that. Yeah. So this started off for you. I mean, you're a mortgage broker, which if you're going to be a mortgage broker, you've got to go out and meet people. You wrote a best-selling book that is on Audible right now. It is number one, and it is Overcome Awkward, The Introvert's Guide to Networking. But things didn't start off with you being great at networking, especially being an introvert. Yeah. So, you know, you're talking about mortgage brokers need to network. Well, I didn't get that memo. I had no idea. So I went and took the course and I thought, this is awesome. I'll hang out at home. I'll be with my dog. I can just send some emails. I can work on numbers. I can live in my little introvert bubble. And then I I show up the first day at my new office and they're like, go and get some leads kind of thing. Like, where are you going to network first? And I'm like, like network what are you talking about like that like that wasn't part of the deal i don't have to network and they're like yeah dude like that's actually pretty much 75% of what you need to do and the other 25% is working on mortgage files how did yeah. how did that land for you like how did you feel yeah you know when you just want to throw up like that's how it landed and then i laid awake all night and i i was like do i quit do i like i've just invested a lot of time a lot of money in this like can I just throw this all away? And I was like, no, I can't. I have to at least give it a try. So the office kind of threw me a little bone. They're like, you know what? There's a chamber of commerce dinner next week. We're all going to go. We'll bring you with us. We can introduce you to some people. It'll be great. And so I thought, well, yeah, there's going to be people there. I know, you know, I can probably do this. So I get there and being all like eager beaver, I show up 20 minutes early So no one's there from the office. I go in, I look around and I freak out and I go back to my car (laughs) and sit in my car. Like that's how I handle that. (laughs) Okay. So anyone listening to this that says I'm an introvert, I mean, you just got super vulnerable with this. I've like, I can't, I naturally I'm extroverted. I was one of those kids that just came out talking to everybody, but I, I can imagine being scared or being like, how am I going to deal with this? So what happened that started to change things for you? Like, what did your friends say to you? What, what happened next? I'm on the edge of well, my seat. The next thing is I, well, I sat in the car for a couple of minutes and one of my coworkers drove up and I'm like, okay, well, I was going to say I couldn't make it. I was sick and now they're here. So I got to go in and I went in and I, like, I did that thing that, well, you're an extrovert, so you wouldn't understand this, but I'm like, you know, how long is too long to make eye contact? Like, where do I put my hand? Have I been at the, the appetizer table too? Like, like, what am I supposed to do? This is so much going on. And so I just like, I'm just going to do it. So I went around, I shook people's hands. I talked about myself got through the night, came home 
and I'm looking at all these business cards in my hand and I'm like, I just throw these out. Like, I don't, I don't know these people. I didn't make a connection with them. So I toss them out. And then as I'm throwing them out, I'm like, this light bulb goes on and I'm like, well, crap, if I'm throwing out their cards, like they're throwing out my cards too. Like what I just did was not effective for me. Like I literally did not build any connections tonight. Right. And I realized like, there's gotta be a different way for people like me to build connections. That wasn't the right way for me. So what, okay. First off, Anyone who just goes around and gets business cards and you're a realtor. So I, I have to like apologize and put an asterisk here. I usually tell a story about like, have you ever been in a cocktail party and a realtor comes up to you and just tells you how they have a house that was perfect for you, even though you haven't even said that you want to buy a house. And that's the worst form of networking. I'm really, I'm, I'm guessing I might know the answer to the next question, but what did you do that was a better form of networking? How did you well, connect with people? Yeah, well, first of all, I started with baby steps, but what I figured out is I actually went to a bunch of people in my industry that are just like rock stars in the industry that are like, reach out anytime kind of thing. So I reached out to the first one. She's like, you know, Monica, just, just be yourself. And I'm like, what? Be myself? This is, this is baloney, right? And I asked the next one, the next one, they all said the same thing. And I'm like, I actually got kind of mad. I was like, this is what they tell kids in school, like, go be yourself, right? Like, be myself. But then I sat with it for a few days and I thought, you know, I'm going to try this be yourself thing, right? And I started to just be me. Like, like you said, be a little bit vulnerable, be real quirky me. Like, I'm actually a crazy goat lady. I own a bunch of miniature goats. I started putting me and my goats up on social media and talking about things that I'm passionate about and getting involved in things in my community. And all of a sudden, like magical things started to happen, right? People started to reach out to me. I started to build relationships. That is, I'm giving you the golf clap because that's so, I teach, I mean, I teach marketing to people. I teach people how to do public speaking. And the number one thing that I tell people is just be yourself. It's not about having a template. It's not about having a format. Yes, those things are tools and they can help you get better. But at the end of the day, just be yourself. And I think so many people are scared of rejection, scared of judgment that they, they like cringe. And they're like, well, if I, if I just act like I have everything together. So first off, that is truly awesome. I love that you own baby goats and that you talk about them. I want to point to two things that you did that were amazing. The first one is that first night you could have made an excuse. I'm not feeling well. I'm going to go home. But instead you said, you know what? I'm going to be uncomfortable. One of the biggest traits among successful people is that they find a way to be okay with being uncomfortable and growing. You did. And then you took it even a step further and you said, this isn't working for me. But instead of networking's garbage, you said, how can I make this work for me? And you went and figured it out. You asked people who were successful and modeled them. So Talk to me about how you found the courage to be vulnerable and to put yourself out there. Yeah. Well, if I can go back for one second, because I got a thought in my brain about what you just said, but you were talking about how, when you teach people about speaking, you tell them to be themselves and be vulnerable. And as an extrovert, this might not happen to you, but for me as a socially awkward person, when I'm trying to be someone I'm not, what happens is all these windows are open in my brain. It's like, I'm telling a lie, right? And I'm trying to remember all the details. And that's when I get super awkward. But when I'm just being me, like I'm just replaying movies from my mind that are already there. And I don't have to think, I don't have to work about how I'm acting. I don't have to worry if I'm telling the truth. Like I'm just being me. And so it's easy, like all the anxiety, all the stress goes away. And 
and it just makes it easy. So I just, I just wanted to say high five. I love that you tell people that. And I'm sorry I didn't answer your question. You might have to repeat it again, but I got really excited about that topic. So no, that is so I you, I mean, you're you're preaching to the choir, but to people listening, I can hear the thing in their head. And this is the question: how do you find the courage to do that? Because what happens if somebody says, I don't like you. I don't like baby goats. I don't, because that's the negative voice that a lot of people have in their head. I don't think anybody should lie. I think the minute that you put falsities out there and say, I'm the best mortgage broker in the world, or I love whatever you love, just so you're trying to build rapport with people, your mind knows that you're lying. Your body knows that you're lying. It will come across that way. That's where the term bullshit artist or used car salesman comes from. When you are authentically yourself, you are, you are stripping away the ego and people, very few of them, but one or two will say, that's not for me. I don't like it. How did you find the courage to actually put yourself out there, especially as an introvert? Yeah. Well, two things. One is baby steps, like really baby steps. And, and I actually, even though I say, don't lie, I told myself a lie in the beginning, right? I said, I think I have to fake it till I make it right. Like I used to hate coffee first couple of times I drank it, I hated it. But the more I did it, I got used to it. So I'm like, well, if I just pretend I like this thing and I keep doing it and I keep looking for evidence that it's working, maybe I'll internalize that evidence and start to like it. So that's literally what I did. And I started with like the grocery store lineup. Like I used to hate it when clerks would look at your card and go, Hey, Mrs. Parkin, how you like, don't talk to me. Like, I don't want to have a conversation with you. And instead I said, no, Monica, you told yourself this morning, you like people. And I let that conversation happen. And I found out like something was two for one today. And then at the end of the day, I'm like, hey, cool. I got a deal because I talked to someone. And then every day I stepped out a little further and a little further and a little further until all of a sudden you look back and you're like, wow, it's so easy now. Like, when did that happen? It's like watching a flower grow. Like one day it's grown, but you don't know when it happened. It just kind of happened Happened. by dipping your toes in, right? And that... Sorry. Is, go, go, ahead. go ahead. You go. It's all so you the other point about being vulnerable is what I figured out. And I figured out the hard way or not the hard way by, by just being vulnerable. But when you're vulnerable, you give other people the space to be vulnerable, right? So you think that they might not like you, but what it actually does is they look at you and they go, wow, if she can be herself, maybe I can be myself. And then all of a sudden they're sharing things with you that they might not have shared before. And then before you know it, like you form this really deep, meaningful relationship that you can't form if you're just this fake person. That is so true. The, I mean, I've had more people cause I'll share things. You listen to a podcast where I absolutely butchered the lady's name. And I apologized. We didn't edit it out of the podcast. I've had probably 20 people email me and say, I can't believe you did that, but you handled it really well. And I, but it's just me being me, right? Like I can't read very well. Um, I read a lot of books, but I'm dyslexic. So like, I can't, it's all phonetic, but being vulnerable allows other people to have the same same thing, exactly what you are saying. And the baby step conversation, I really want to touch on the baby step conversation because so many people over the last eight years have reached out and said things like, I'm scared to death to speak on stage. How do you do that? Or I am scared to death to grow my business or to have a mastermind or to do whatever. How do you do that? And it is exactly what you said. It is baby steps. And I don't call it lying to myself. What I say is I am changing my belief here. And 
I'm not comfortable with it right now, but I'm going to, instead of seeing all the negatives around it, I'm going to find one positive. Your story about going to the grocery store, you told yourself in the morning, I am changing my belief. I'm going to figure out a way to like talking to people. And I'm sure that I can find one positive thing because what we focus on is where we go. And that's what you did. And you took baby steps. And as you take baby steps, you will get more comfortable with what the new action is. And before you know it, just like you said, you're that flower. That's such a great story. Yeah. And most people aren't born that way, right? You look at an amazing soccer player. They don't get that way by playing soccer once a year. The first time they picked up a soccer ball, they were probably felt like all arms and all legs. But when they do it consistently day after day, all of a sudden you develop the skill set, then you develop comfort. Like you take the thought, the thought leads to an action. The action leads to an outcome. The outcome is good, makes you feel better. And there's like this whole cycle that just grows and expands. Well, that's, and it, I think where people, the other place that people get hung up in this, we're kind of going down a little bit of a rabbit hole on mindset, but by comparing yourself to other people that are miles ahead of you, it beats yourself up, right? Like I know people that, you know, they're looking at people that are superstars in the industry and like, I need 1 million followers on Instagram or I need X. And when you compare yourself and the person is light years out there and you beat yourself up for not getting there, it makes it hard to take action. But if instead, this is what I do in my own personal life. We can talk about this. I'll pick the person out there, right? Grant Cardone, Tony Robbins, um, Elon Musk. Those are three of my heroes. I look up to them, but instead of trying to be where they're at, I look at people that are one or two levels ahead of me. You know, somebody who is my goal for this year is to be on a hundred stages. I look at people who are at maybe 80 stages. Last year I did 50, I did 51. So I'm like, look at people that are at 80, 120, 150, because I can compare myself to them and it is a much more realistic thing, but I look at the end goal of how do I get in front of 10,000 people? I'm going to get there one day. I'm doing it incrementally. I'm setting myself up for baby steps. How did, I mean, did, I don't know if you're that goal oriented. Did you set goals like that? I am. Yeah. I, well, I don't know if I did it consciously, but definitely unconsciously. I'm always thinking about the next, like, in fact, sometimes I think I don't actually stop and celebrate the goal often enough. Like you hit the goal post and then you're off and running when really you need to be like, holy crap. Like, I hit this goal, like just sit here for a minute and enjoy it. But I'm always like running for the next one. So that's kind of a personal flaw for me. But speaking about speaking, like I always say, I wanted to be a speaker. I I had all these ideas in my head. I wanted to get them out. You know, I walked into my first Toastmasters meeting and I like turned around and walked out just like I did at the networking thing. I'm like, this is too freaking scary. But I went back the next week and then I sat and listened to people, right? And then the next week I like offered to like take some little role and every week I notched it up a little bit and you know, here I am now I am a speaker, right? And maybe I'm not the speaker that's doing 1200 events a year, but yeah, I'm getting out there. I'm on stages. I'm speaking to large crowds and I, I feel good about it, but I couldn't have done that on day one. Like no way. That's that man, I hope everybody listens to this show because so many people, especially in today's, I'm going to share another story that like, I was being interviewed for a podcast and I gave them, I've been in business for eight years, eight years of speaking, growing, building more audiences, getting to larger events, like growing my business. And the guy's interviewing me and he's, he's younger. Right. And he's like, okay, so I understand that it took you that long. If somebody wanted to do this in three to five months, what would you tell them to do? 
Hey, thanks for taking a moment to check out this episode of Grow Your Impact, Income, and Influence, the number one show helping you reach millions. Have you ever thought about building your own webinar or using public speaking to reach your ideal audience? Well, if you'd like my help with it, over the last several years, I have built more than 40 live events for clients just like you. In the last 18 months, I've helped 32 entrepreneurs build their webinar with over $5 million in cumulative sales. If you'd like to see how I can work with you, or if you'd be interested in having me speak at your event or be on your podcast, go to steven.coffee, that's S-T-E-V-E-N dot C-O-F-F-E-E, to book a short call with me and see how we can work together. All right, let's jump back to the episode. And I, I looked at the guy and I, I said, like, I'm just going to be real honest. I don't think you understood a word that I said in this interview. There's, it's not maybe one out of 10,000. What happens to people that try to run a marathon as a sprint is they burn out in the first mile, right? It's, I hope everybody hears this because what you said, I mean, you've set it up twice now. First one was with your networking meeting. The second one was with Toastmasters. And it's what's yeah. allowed you to find success. It's what everybody does to find success. Yeah. And if we, you know, if we switch gears for a second, talk about that from a marketing standpoint, I talk about this in the book about this hunter versus farmer mentality, right? So the hunter is that brand new salesman. I'm going to go out, I'm going to get the deals. I'm going to eat tonight. I'm like, who cares about the long-term? Like, I just got to hit these goals today where and they do really well in the beginning, right? But then after two or three years, all of a sudden, like, there's, like, if they're a fox, there's no more hen houses to raid, right? Like, like they've been to every family member, every friend, there's no more market left, and they don't have those repeat buyers coming in because they were sprinting, right? They were trying to get straight to the finish line, whereas, you know, the farmer mentality is that person that goes out and plants seeds and grows relationships, and it's this real slow, slow climb but eight, 10, 15 years from now, like they're not even working. They just get up in the morning and harvest some crops and their phone rings and there's a deal and there's another deal because they've just cultivated this stuff slowly over time and had this slow, steady growth, but it it just continues to grow. Whereas that sprint, like you say, you just, you run out of breath, you run out of energy and you're, you're done. And then they you see these people come into the industry, do super well, and then fizzle and disappear, right? Yeah, that's, I mean, this is exactly the difference. Um, and I'm not saying you can't take, there are always things that you can learn and grow and do things a little faster and like figure out a morning routine, figure out ways to get better at what you do, but there is no shortcut to success. It is work. It is relationships. And it is that constant day in, day out building. So let's talk a little bit about the book. What do you dive into in the book to help people overcome their awkwardness? Yeah, well, a lot of the stuff that we're talking about right now, I guess, um, definitely that being vulnerable, being authentic. And one thing that, you know, when you look at studies about introverts, one thing where they really thrive is this ability to really listen deeply and to solve complex problems, right? And not to say that extroverts don't solve complex problems and they don't listen deeply, but introverts aren't always comfortable talking about themselves and it's perceived as a bad thing, but I don't think it's actually a bad thing. That ability to sit and listen and ask deep questions and, and really, you know, be able to and connect other people with other people. So now when I go to an event, right, like now, if I go to that chamber meeting, I'm not walking around handing out cards talking about how I can offer the best rate. I'm like, tell me about your business. Like what inspired you? What do you need? Who can I connect you to? Right? Like, maybe Joe owns a is a food blogger, and Mary has a food business, like, hey, maybe I should introduce you to so that you're actually connecting other people and you're not doing it expecting something in return, but reciprocal. 
reciprocity, you know, it just works its magic. And whether you intended to get something out of it or not, usually something flows back to you out of that later. That's, and, I mean, and, yeah, let's stop for a minute there. Sorry, I didn't uh, want to. No, you're, you are fine. I mean, that is one of the biggest things, like helping other people, especially when you're networking. It, we've all been on a networking thing in the last six months, right? You jump on Zoom and you get like two minutes, you can talk about yourself. And there's 90% of the people talk about themselves for longer than the time period. And when they're done, you have no idea what they said because they literally just like, bleh, like word vomit. It's like, yeah. if you would slow down, say two sentences about who you are, but then either ask about the other person or talk about something that's important to you. That's memorable. That forms a connection because the no like trust is the biggest thing. Anything in the world right now is free on YouTube, free on Google. All, all you have to do is search for it. But if instead, what are, what are we all looking for? We're looking for that human connection, somebody we know, like, and trust. If you have that business will come to you and you build that by being somebody who's more interested in other people. Yeah. That's what I hear. Notice, yeah. And people notice people who notice them. Right. So I don't know about you, but if someone leaves me an amazing review or they write me a note and say, Hey, I loved your book or you did a great job for me. I will go to the ends of the earth to do good stuff for them. Like I've just noticed them because I'm on their radar. Right. So for me in the beginning, it was as simple as actually just noticing other people. Like I give this example where I went to this food truck one day and the food was amazing. So I went home and left this great review. I went back a week later and the guy's like, I saw your review. It was so awesome. Thanks so much. Two weeks later, he's coming to see me for his mortgage. Not because I asked for his business, not because I even told him I was a mortgage broker because I noticed him and people notice people that notice them, right? It, it, talking about yourself, no one cares about you, but people notice when you notice them. Not that no one cares about you, but you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. Don't be the loudest voice in the room. Be the quietest voice in the room, but the one that makes a deep connection that pays attention. I love it. Tell us a little bit more. I know the book is on Audible, but I want to know how you came to actually write the book. Like what, <laughs> what made you sit down and be like, I need to write this book? Okay, well, that's a story in itself. But uh, so as you know, I am, I'm a speaker. So I'm always doing these little speeches. And every time I'd finish like a five minute speech, I'd be like, damn, that'd be a good book chapter. I should write a book sometime. But I could never like get the momentum and get it going. So I'm laying in bed one Saturday morning, scrolling through Facebook, and I see this thing for a 30 day book writing challenge. And I've got some pretty significant ADHD. Like I can't, I have a hard time sticking to a project for a long time. And I was like 30 days, like I could dig into something for 30 days and not get bored. And it was like a hundred bucks. And so I'm like, hundred bucks is just enough money that I don't want to throw it away, but not so much money that it's unattainable. So I signed up for it. And literally every day they send you a little, like the first day is come up with like, what's the thing that, you know, that you know about that you can share with others. How do you want to impact people? Day two was write an outline. And then, you know, and then every day they sent me a new assignment at the end of 30 days. I'm like, wow, I've got a book. This is great. And then I just sent it off to an editor. She, you know, cleaned it up, took my 10 chapters and shortened them and made them into 20 and moved things around. And yeah, that was in April of this year and November, the, the book came out. So it was super fast. And I think it needed to be fast because if I'd made it a long-term project, it would have just got shelved somewhere. I love it. I, I love that story so much. Um, you went and did it. You took action and you took a baby step every day. And just so you know, you don't have ADHD. You have what's called entrepreneurship. 
I love it. I'm going to start using that word. I've got it. I've been hit by the entrepreneurship virus. Yes. Yeah. And then of course, pandemic. So I was working from home, so I didn't have half an hour to commute every morning and evening. So I use that half an hour to just plug away at this sucker. Yeah. Well, that's, so I've written, I've written four books and it same different. I didn't do a challenge, but just 30 to 45 minutes a day of, I am going to sit down and write, even if it's junk, and I'm not a great writer. I would sometimes dictate it and then go back and clean it up. But just getting the words on the page, if you're thinking about writing a book and you're listening to this, I I don't know if you want to share the challenge, but that was, I mean, that sounds like a great challenge. A little bit each day. It's the same, man, you have like this ongoing thread through your entire life of baby steps. Like, what can I find to just take a small action to move forward? I love it. And I, and I, I will say, I love change. Like it drives my family crazy because every couple of months it's like, Oh, new idea, new idea. Like I just, I thrive on change and information. Um, I, and I can't remember the name of that 30 day challenge, but if you want me to try and find it, you can put it in the show notes, but, um, Oh, I completely lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. That's oh, okay. Yeah. I wanted to say that I was also, so some of my book I wrote and others of it, I did like you, I just, I was on my way to drop the kids off at school and I thought would pop into my head. So I just hit the record button on my phone, record it, and then run it through a transcription software later, you know, and then it probably took longer to edit than it did to write, because like you say, you're just verbally vomiting up ideas and then going back later and, and rearranging them and making them smooth. That is, that is awesome. And now it is the number one on Audible, which I love. Did you read it on Audible? Sorry, I should say number one new release. So not the number one, but number one new release in its category. And I, I read it myself and then I had to listen to it twice. So now I'm like, I never want to listen to it ever again, but I'm told it sounds pretty good. So I don't know. You'll have to check it out and find out for yourself. I love it. I love it so much. And the name of the book, one more time, if you are going to go find this, is called Overcome Awkward, An Introvert's Guide to Networking. We are with Monica Parkin. Monica, thank you so much. I have one last question for you. We've covered a lot of stuff, but what is one thing that you hear all the time about networking that you think is absolute garbage? People may be touted around the water cooler or they hold it up on a pedestal, but you know that it is the wrong thing. What is something that you would like to set right in the world of networking? Yeah, I think, and I'm going to repeat myself and go back to that first piece, but it's that walking around, shaking hands, handing out cards, telling people what you can offer. I think that is the worst thing you can do. I think it's really about those authentic connections and, and, and that fear of being vulnerable too, right? People say, don't put your real self out there. You got to act like you've got it all made at the beginning. Well, people don't relate to people that have it all necessarily. Not that you shouldn't have it all, but you know, even the best leaders will be a little bit vulnerable sometimes. And, and that's really where the magic happens. I agree. You could not, I could not have said it better. Monica, thank you so much for being an amazing guest. Guys, make sure you check out the show notes. We will have a link to her book. If we can find the 100-day author challenge, it will be down there as well. Some random person is going to get some some subs from that. Um, I think it was Joshua Sprague. It just came to me. I think that was the name of the guy that runs the 100-day writing challenge, Joshua Sprague, but I'll send it to you for the show notes. Okay. Awesome. To everybody else out there, until next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon. Thanks for checking out today's show. Do you want the fast and easy Cliff Notes version of the actionable steps from today's episode? If so, go to actionbullets.com and download yours today.
Also, if you're looking to start using story selling in your business and have stories do 90% of the hard work for you, grab my free course at storyselling.how today. Till next time, take action, change lives, and make money. We'll see you soon.